0: Man up in my city, on roof, yeah. Duke, when hoop, eh.
1: the Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. Oh, 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 oh. The big east.
0: Yeah.
1: The rest of the college hoops the world. The
0: screen. Dunn, twisting his way in.
2: This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surrett.
0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Criers Podcast. At the Providence
1: Cryer. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Crier. Read our blog, TheProvidenceCryer.com. Join with me as always, we have BOC. Follow him on Twitter, that's at BOC all day. Today is Monday, February 7th. And BOC, let's just rip the band-aid off because the AP Top 25 poll came out shortly before we started recording here. And Friars checking in at number 11. What'd you, what'd you think?
2: So I said, um, I was looking forward to recording this saying, hey, it's re- first time us recording as a top 10 team, but uh, we're not there yet. Not I meant said, to be. not meant to be. Maybe when we record Sunday, that'll be the case. Um, I thought the disrespect was going to continue and we were going to be 12. I was looking at the AP poll right now. I was shocked. I'm glad it's warranted, but I was shocked they dropped UCLA below us. UCLA is yeah. at 12. I thought we were going to end up at 12. And um, the 11 pull, the eleven spot is fair to me. I think you can make the argument and be a valid argument that we should definitely be above Texas Tech, who we beat without Jared Bynum. I heard Jared Bynum had an okay game, by the way, against Georgetown. We'll get yeah, to that. Heard that too. Um,
1: we'll get to that, yeah.
2: Um. So I, I think we should be above Texas Tech, definitely. Um, but I'm not going to throw a fit there. I'd also would make the argument that we should be above Baylor, which sounds crazy to say. If you, would have, if you would have told me that I would make that statement, you know, 22 games into the season, at the start of the season, I would have said, you're nuts. But that's where we're at right now. So um, I think nine probably would have been the highest we would have slotted in at. So 11, I'm not too upset. I think we probably should be 10, but 11 I'm not upset with. And the nice thing is we have a really easy week here. If we went against we went against Paul on Saturday, knock on wood, we're going up against Villanova as a top 10 team at home.
1: Yeah, so – Yeah, it's going to be nice to enjoy the bye week, BSC, for sure. Um, You know, I'm looking at the poll. The the one thing I will say, like, although I believe we should be a top 10 team, it is kind of interesting. Like, a lot of these teams are pretty worthy themselves of of top 10 uh, resumes. So, I mean, I'll take number 11. Bryce Conn was number 11, a good number in my book. Uh, So, I'll take it. I mean, I think the one thing that kind of annoys me would be this Houston team. They're 20-2 as well, yet they play in the American. And let's face it, like, the American's very down. <laughs> the American's probably as worse as it's ever been. And um, I watched the Houston uh, Cincy game over the weekend. And I'll admit, they're impressive. That game was on Sunday, actually, after the Friars they're an impressive team, but I just think like they lost Marcus Sasser, who is their leading scorer, I believe, uh, for the year due to injury. And I don't know. I, I just feel like Providence has a better resume than them, and they're eleven, whereas Houston, in a weaker conference, is 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 six. So, but
2: you know, it's you hate to say it, but we've seen it all year. It's what have you done for me? You know, in the past year, recently, and yeah, and like it, and what have is- you
1: done since? Like, yeah, you're going to hold on to that ranking throughout, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, they made the Final Four. So, like, I'm not – like, I, I hear what you're saying. Your argument's completely valid, by the way. Um, we also – like, you and I need to take a step back and realize that I'm not – everybody's analyzing every single Providence game and, like, how it affects macro, like, macro ratings of everything, like we are. Um, yeah. So, like, people probably just look at Houston and say, okay, Houston went whatever they went this week, 1-0, and 2-0. They were the team that went, were in the Final Four. Uh, they, won, they won their game, so let's keep them where they're at.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, yes, I, I would definitely agree with you. I was a little surprised slash not totally surprised that UCLA dropped below us. They went 0-2 this week. Um, Bad loss. Know, <laughs> yeah, the Arizona State loss. You know, I'll say this. I am happy for the mental stability of Bobby Hurley. That Arizona State was able to pull off that game. Because uh, he's had a rough go of it. And had he lost in triple overtime, the UCLA, um, I think he would have like literally had a meltdown on the court. Exactly. I, I, like like, in, like out of coaching, like never return to college basketball type meltdown if they lost that game. So, so congrats to Bobby Hurley, and thank you, Bobby Hurley. For getting that victory, allowing PC to jump UCLA. Uh, so PC's at 11. UCLA in that 12. Um, Wisconsin team, some other notables. That Wisconsin team that, that we beat without Johnny Davis. I don't know if you knew that they didn't have Johnny Davis. But um, they're at 14. Finally, we're ahead of Nova. They fall to 15 after going one-on-one this week. Although, you know, Nova was pretty damn impressive against UConn. Uh,
2: yeah, I, um, I, I was – I didn't watch the game, but I heard that this score didn't, the score wasn't indicative of how far apart the game was between. Oh,
1: no. Guys. Nova was running them out of the gym. Um, yeah,
2: that's what I heard until and Gillespie UCon- got banged up, right?
1: Yes. Yes. And as soon as Gillespie went down, I was like, oh my God, like UConn's going to come back because Nova looked dear to terrible had- without him, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, and it kind of sucks for Nova because they're kind of going through what they went through last year, like towards the end of the season. Hopefully Gillespie's okay. I thought it was his knee, which I was like, oh boy. Um, but it, but I think he landed on a guy closing out and rolled his ankle. That, or no, he was closing out a guy, rather. He landed on the shooter's ankle, so he rolled his ankle. Um, but hopefully he's fine. Well, um, yeah, so so let's get into Providence's w- – past week um obviously we talked about the St. John's game we had an episode after that one but the Georgetown game Sunday Friars struggle in the first half find themselves down three three points um uncharacteristic first half from the Friars BOC. um kind of
2: I-, I think they played great defense so that was like They played great defense, so that that was kind of on par with what they've been doing all year besides maybe like the Marquette game, um, the first Marquette game. Um, Shots just weren't dropping and they were a little bit sloppy. It was a noon tip on the road against a team that's in the basement of the Big East. Good teams find a way to like keep the game close when they're not playing well. And I think, you know, going down three at half, I wasn't concerned at all. I was like, okay, it's just a matter of time before they turn it on. And sure enough, they did in the second half. Good Lord.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the turnovers were certainly a problem in the first half. I think they had like 9 or 10. Um, But you felt, I felt similarly in terms of being down 3.5 and and for how sloppy that we played. um, Granted, I agree with you. Defense was there pretty much throughout. Um, But yeah, I, I wasn't too concerned about PC turning it on, but I will say I did not expect them to blow out, especially when, like, this was a two-point game or something with, like, 13 minutes left. And then Jared Bottom came.
2: Jared Bottom just – I mean, he had family there. He's from the area. He just decided to go off. That was – that was incredible. Um, He – we were texting during the second half. Like, one of the things – and even a little bit in the first half, one of the things I just did not expect was him to be able to – ISO a guy and take him off the dribble one-on-one and score. And I think, like, Baylor showed it last year. Besides having a stellar defense, you need, like, multiple ball handlers on the court at all times to be able to break down and score one-on-one. We never really have had that historically – recently, I should say. Um, Bynum can do that. And he he bails us out a lot. And if you can build on top of that with him becoming a marksman from deep, you – have a really lethal offense, which isn't something we traditionally can associate with Providence Friars.
1: yeah Yeah. Um, you know, he, his game is certainly trending towards Pipkins, right? I mean, like, I mean, I know it's easy to make comparison since both came from the a 10, both on the smaller side uh, for, for guards. Um, one thing I will say, I think Biden's a much better defender than Pipkins was, Um, although Pipkins, I think both him, Bynum and Pipkins were pretty underrated defenders. I I think Bynum's a better defender than Pipkins was, but I think both of them, you know, since they're on the smaller side, they kind of get slack as like a bad defender, but I think Bynum's a great defender. He had five steals in this game. Um,
2: Yeah. Bynum, Bynum. I didn't really think of him as a great defender going into this year. And he's like, made me eat a ton of crow this year. And I'm happy about it. He had, he's ripped balls a couple times. Um, But yesterday, Uh, there was one play where he – a guy was fed in the low post and his player went to the baseline and was going up to the three-point line and he just stayed there and anticipated it and just ripped it right from the guy guy in the post hands and led to a fast break. It was – he's incredible, man. He's coming on. And that's like the scary thing. Like, I remember the dunn Bentley year where we were like top ten after, uh, you know, that pre – or the out-of-conference tournament and we just kind of faltered as the season progressed we're doing the exact opposite. We're getting better and better as the biggie season marches on. And, like, it's awesome to see because you want to start peaking in, you know, late February, early March.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, just quickly back to the Pipkins comparison, when Pipkins first got here, it seemed like he didn't want to get in the way. He just wanted to be, like, a catch-and-shoot um, guy and, you know, was timid attacking the the basket because facing, you know – bigger, more physical players down low in the Big East. And, you know, the same could be said about Bynum. His first year here had the battle of the hamstring, which is a really shitty injury to have, especially for a guard um, and a lead guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the results weren't there. He shot, what, like 11%? I, I think I read in it from three in Big East mm-hmm. game. So credit to Bynum for continuing to work and uh, prove a lot of doubters wrong about him. Um,
2: Dude, he's right. Right now, the three point three point percentage this year. Um, he's you take away Fonts because Fonts is top at fifty percent. Oh
0: yeah, he's
2: he's he's leading he's leading the, the team in three point percentage at forty five point five percent. That's incredible. That's incredible.
1: Well, it helps when you have a week where you're biggest Player of the Week. So let's give uh, Jared some kudos there. Yeah, um, but um, and he went 11 from 11 of 13 from three in two games this week. Obviously, Dude, he, he hits that huge one against St. John's too with three minutes late uh, left in the game, tight game. In this one, he just goes absolutely nuts in the second half. 27 of his 32 points coming in the second half. Um, he balled out.
2: It was really the, be, the best. Game. The best stat is Bynum outscored all of Georgetown in the second half. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. Dude,
2: dude, our offense is, come, is, like, really coming around. So, Bynum's at almost 46%. Horkler, who's a marksman from deep, he's at 43%. Mania has found his stroke. He's at 37%. Reeves is at 34%. Like, and you know he's probably going to trend upwards. Um, Durham's at 23%. That's got to get better. So, like, yeah, you know, I, I – Things could, you know, our offense can really start clicking. And when it does from deep, that's where we're going to see Croswell and uh, Watson get a lot of easy buckets because you can't double them.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw a tweet from Terrence Oldesby who works, for, er, who who does the um, Phil 68 after dark show, does stuff with Doster and Goodman. those guys. Um, you know, he tweeted that. Province has like a wear down effect with Nate Watson. I totally buy into that. You know, like Watson didn't, once again, didn't get it going in the first half. He only had four points. I don't think he had a field goal in the first half. Uh, he just got it from the line. But I feel like the defense has to work extra hard to contain him. And then you saw in the second half, Province made it an initiative to, get him his paint touches to start the mm-hmm. second half. And that kind of just, I feel like that's kind of resonated throughout the rest of the game because it kind of just settled everyone down. And then, you know, once Watson got going, he finished only with 10, but um, it allowed the other guys to get going as well. Um yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think our offense, our defense has been great all year, but I think our offense is really uh turning into like an efficient uh, unit because one a- every single game, it seems like somebody different stepping up. Uh, you can you can count on a, a Durham, a Horkler, a Reeves, a Watson, a Bynum to lead you in scoring. Um, even a Mania, right? Yeah. Um, depending on the game, and it's just they're continuing to get balanced scoring. You know, Reeves slowly working his way back. That's only going to make them better.
2: Um, but the best is we don't need Reeves to come on like I mean it would be great but we don't need like if you notice and it just shows like how much Cooley like I've said to you a million times like how how Cooley has such a pulse on this team he wanted to get Reeves some shots and get him some game flow but then when the game was kind of you know it it was it wasn't as comfortable as you would like and you know there was a chance that George might pull the upset parked him on the bench went with the normal rotation and sure enough they just pull away so like Knows exactly what he's doing, and it's going to pay dividends for when you know foul trouble potentially. And we need to lean on Reeves, and he's finally fully healthy because he it's just a matter of time before he comes on,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you just look at this team, just a very well balanced offense, in my opinion. You know, Durham was one of seven, and it didn't matter, he only had five points. Um, so yeah, I. This team is just so awesome to watch. Four, a four
2: players in double figures. Watson leading the way. Durham, buying now. Horkler. Fifth player is at nine and a half points. Reeves. Minaya is at seven points. And you can argue Maniah is probably the most important piece of this entire team. I would say he is, in my opinion. It's just crazy how balanced we are scoring loss. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, what'd you think about those announcers? <laughs> I, I know a lot of people were talking. I mean, Bardo, I really like. Uh, he did have that comment about Durham's body language when it was like, yeah, have you watched probably that's kind of how all- Durham always is, just kind of like slanking around, you know? I mean
2: I um I like so they're the one announcer, the one announcer was clearly rooting for Georgetown. I was like, what the fix is in? I, he was going nuts after like a basket with like 14 minutes left in the first half. I'm like, all right, relax, buddy. But I like so- the one. Go hold ahead. on, hold on. I like the one other announcer because you, I've called this out a couple times. It's the modern NBA style of play, and I, I get it. Um, and three points are worth more than two. But when you're on a fast break and you have good numbers, I hate pulling out and settling for an open three when you can get to the rack and maybe look for a foul call or make a layup. Like, I hate that play, um, but it seems to be the way things go. And I like that the announcer called that out because it shows he has a feel for the game, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a play for, um, I believe, where, where Durham took a three, right? On a fast yeah. break, we had Watson yeah. in, in Crosswell, I believe. Um, but yeah, the other guy, I, I, I don't know his name, but he like he kind of has the Joe Tess complex where it's like everything you're announcing is a much bigger deal than it actually is. Uh, Aminu Mohammed had that, that dunk play. And to be fair, I didn't see him throw it off Breed's back. Uh, when I first saw the play, until the replay, but like that guy, like freaked out. He's like, "Oh my god!"
2: They're <laughs> yeah, like, calm down, buddy. Relax, <laughs> dude. It's worth
1: two points. It's not even. It was just a normal two-handed dunk." Uh, so, but I mean, he was going nuts too with Bynum. <laughs> at one point, he was just freaking out after every shot Bynum made too. Um, the guy just gets into it. What can I say? But um, so. So PC once again takes care of business against Georgetown. Now twenty and two on the season, first place in the Big East, ten and one. Um, got a two-game lead in the loss column for uh, against uh, Villanova there, and um, yeah, you know, bye week coming up. BOC Friars don't play until Saturday, so a long extended break here. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you know, I think what we'll do here is we'll kind of get to s- some some things to look for during the bye week and um, obviously we'll, we'll give you a little preview of DePaul Providence, but first let's have a, sp- a word from our sponsors here at anchor. All right. Welcome back to the Providence prior podcast. And although it's annoying, many other fan bases in the big East this week, Providence has a bye week essentially. Um, they don't play until Saturday against DePaul. Um, Game is at six thirty FS one should be a good one. I plan on attending. Um, but uh, all right, BLC. So, so a light week for the Friars. What are we looking for this week?
2: We're looking for upsets of the teams ranked above us, and there's not too many, so it's tough. What a what a nice little spot, precarious situation we're in. Um, Texas tonight over Kansas. Uh, I'm rooting for Marquette over UConn because I think it's hysterical that UConn's falling apart. I am rooting for Illinois against Purdue. Uh, You never know what could happen there. SMU, the big one against Houston. TCU, uh, we'll see what happens there against Texas Tech. Then also Memphis against uh, Houston. So uh, I picked some ones that maybe have a realistic chance of upsets, like, for instance, Boston College is playing Duke. Don't think that's happening. (laughs) Maybe the fighting Tony Bennett's. Maybe Duke tonight. I don't,
1: I don't know. I got my eye on that man. Uh, can Tony Bennett clean it up? It, it, he shows me at times that he's ready to clean, uh, getting his supplies out, ready to fix the program. But, uh, then, then they just fall back on their face. So, you know, UVA is at 14 and nine right now, probably not an NCAA tournament team at this point. It's a massive game for them. You got Duke coming off the momentum, uh, you know, maybe they have a hangover coming off the the UN emotional UNC game blowout. I have I a you. I
2: have a quick take there. I yeah. think I think Griffin is a better pro, pro prospect than Banchero
1: That's interesting. I actually love Griffin.
2: So like, yeah, dude, he is. He has the pro body. He's he's so like every time he shoots a three, you're like, oh, it's not going in, and he's just killing it from three. And he can attack the rim. He had a slow start to his freshman year, but. Dude, he looked like the best player on the court uh, against UNC, which I guess isn't really saying much. But
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I believe Trevor Keels of Duke went down, um, and that kind of allowed him to get into the rotation. I, I won't go as far as saying better NBA prospect, but I, I agree with you that I like what I see from Griffin. I, I think he's pretty nasty. Um, but, yeah, let's see if Tony Bennett can clean it up. Um, you know, Thing with the Big Twelve, you look at Texas, Kansas. Yeah, the hope is that these Big Twelve teams will just continue to beat on each other. I mean, that's what's yeah. kind of going on. Um, although Kansas is st- certainly starting to separate itself um, at nineteen and three. Although, did they lose recently? Kansas? Lose- yeah. No. Kansas
2: got waxed by Kentucky.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So non-conference game, but um, but yet. Yeah. You know, looking at the Big East in particular, that Marquette-UConn game is a huge one. UConn remains in the top 20. Is that right? Are they out?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think they're 24-25 last I checked.
1: Jeez. That's kind of surprising. Because <laughs> uh, you you think about UConn, I mean, they played poorly against Creighton, who loses Cock, uh, runner for most of the second half. They lose that game at home. They score 55 points. Uh, in this Nova game, I watched it, and as we said in the, the opening, yeah, the, the score wasn't an indicative of this game at all. Nova, like, really ran them out of the gym. Um, and tough part for UConn is now these next three games that UConn has is a tough stretch. Uh, oh, yeah. So you're hosting Marquette on Tuesday. You got uh, – should
2: be, should be a big uh... – student and fan showing Tuesday, right? For um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it appears a lot of the fans are se- complaining. The, a lot of the students are complaining that they can't go. You would think a state university w- would be able to scrounge up the money. Although, you know,
2: they're $11 million short.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they've had, they've had some debts to settle, but you would still think a state university would be able to get the students to the game, but Who knows what's going on there. Um, But then they got Xavier on Friday night at Cintas. Tough game. And then Sunday, I mean, 12 p.m. on Fox. Go to MSG to play St. John's.
2: That's going to be a fun one to attend.
1: Yeah, especially when you think St. John's is starting to turn the corner, maybe, possibly. Um, I think they've won two straight since their loss to Providence. But – Tough stretch for UConn and I'll tell you, it's it's funny because you watch them and it's just like they have all these hype around all these players, like Jackson, Hawkins, Gaffney, Paulie. Like I, I'm always hearing about these guys. And when it comes to the games, these guys just don't produce. Um if I'm Hurley, I'm seriously considering benching Jackson. If I were I mean, this guy just eats minutes and doesn't produce. Like I, I know he's athletic, um, he's long, you know, he probably is a good defender, but he just gives you no production. Um he's terrible from three. Like, I don't know. I, I think he's he's just eating up minutes at UConn. And then on top of that, I just feel like their guards are just too inconsistent. Like,
2: yeah. I Cole
1: and, and Martin show that they can be awesome. But it's rarely together. Sometimes it's together. But I feel like it's rarely together. And it, like, especially during a losing streak, it just seems like one of them either plays well and the other doesn't, or they're both just, eh. Like, Nova's backcourt ran them out of the gym the other day. So, okay. um, interesting, interesting setup for UConn. It's funny, UConn was probably – it's interesting going into that game. I saw a lot of PC fans be like, "You know what? I'm rooting for UConn." Were you one of them?
2: I. You know, I kind of wanted, I kind of wanted like Bane to show up, like in Batman, <laughs> and just blow the whole place up. Um, no, I, it was weird. It was like uh, you. It was. Be, it's better for. It's better. It was better for Providence for UConn to win, but I found such great joy in seeing them lose. Like, somebody tweeted, somebody tweeted like, a picture of a Husky with a crying Jordan face, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, I texted a couple of my Nova buddies, and I was like, hey, by the way, I think we're enjoying this W more than Nova fans are. And they said, you're absolutely right. You guys are. It's hysterical. So the nice thing is that game was a win-win regardless of who won, you know?
1: Right. So my thinking for rooting for Nova was – I want this thing to be a two-team race at this point. I want the other teams out. Let, let Nova and Province sell this, mano y uh, You know, they got the two matchups coming up towards the end of the season, February 15th, week from tomorrow. So uh, PC hosting Nova, the biggest game of the Big East schedule this year, uh, undoubtedly, as it will probably go a long way to deciding who – Ends up cutting down the nets in the Big East, Um, but but yeah, I would. That's why I was rooting for Nova because I I just want it. Get these other teams out of here. I guess Marquette kind of still has an outside shot. I would say UConn technically does, but I I just think the way they're playing and their the stretch of games that they have coming up. I mean, I don't see them going three and zero. That's for sure this week. I I just don't. Um, So. Be interesting there. Is, is your? I, I'm hoping your dad is going to be rooting hard for for his St. John's uh, Red Storm. Yeah, so my so for
2: those who are listening, my dad went to <laughs> my dad went to St. John's. Um, he jokingly says that uh, he has more of an allegiance to PC because of financial reasons, with me yes. knowing that. Um, but he's all he's all in. He's starting to get on on Twitter a bit more, and he's starting. He's, he's an old school guy. He's starting to learn how to troll a little bit on Twitter. So that's been pretty entertaining to watch.
1: That wasn't Um, your dad's first dunk experience though, right? He had to have gone to like. No, he's
2: been there, you know, when I, when I, when I attended and like graduation and stuff. Um, But like, this is the first time where like, he, he's really followed Providence closely. And I think it's because you and I are doing this whole thing with Cryer and like, we're he's just more in tune because frankly, you and I are more in tune or at least publicly more in tune. so he's loving it, and yeah, he he's
1: joined the fight. Oh yeah, he the.
2: I'm, I'm waiting for him to like go off the rails about Providence not being a top ten team and like say something inappropriate on Twitter that gets us in trouble. But who knows?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm glad he's on the bandwagon, but I'm, I'm hoping he's still pulling for for his alma mater when they take on UConn uh, on Saturday. He's not
2: a he's he's not a coach Mike Anderson fan. I will. And that's putting it, that's putting it nicely.
1: I see. I see. Yeah, interesting you want... game though, because both, um, well, actually, not even the, the uconn Saint Hall game, or St. John's game, but St. John's is playing Nova. Is that Tuesday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I believe so. And um, now, I guess Posh rolled his ankle too over the weekend. So, it'll be interesting to see who's playing in that one. Um I guess one other thing I will monitor and you, we texted about this in the group and you said it was clickbait by John Rothstein uh, came out with an article that uh, he spoke with Bob Driscoll who stated that they're going to do whatever it takes to keep Ed Cooley in town. Um, Obviously Cooley's having a phenomenal seat. Like the team's having a phenomenal season because of that Cooley's in national coach of the year discussion, rightfully so. Um, and then you get, you got big openings already, you know, Maryland is open. Louisville is open. So, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people who think Cooley will never leave. And I'd like to think that too, but none of the day, like, it's a business. I don't think anyone is untouchable and, you know, why I would be surprised. I wouldn't be stunned if Cooley ever took a bigger job. So anytime one comes up, I'm always a little concerned about it.
2: I think, I, I think there's certainly a chance if like a Maryland pays him like three X, whatever he's making. And by the way, he gets paid. I don't think the exact numbers have come out, but I I think it's been insinuated that he gets paid like a top 25 coaching. Oh yeah,
1: in, he does. I think he's like top 15. Top
2: 10 even. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Financials aren't an issue, but like, could it's, it's an arms race? Could Maryland theoretically pay him 2x, 3x more? Yeah, of course. They have the Under Armour money. They're, you know, a big institution. Um, I think the narrative around Cooley, if he leaves, is contingent on what happens this year in March Madness. So, say he brings, for instance, the Friars to even a Sweet 16, and then he takes a job in Maryland, in my opinion, People will say, thank you for doing that for us. We, you know, we're sad to see you go, but thank you for building a great foundation. But if he, you know, has a first-round exit, people are going to like, what the hell, man? Like, we've given you everything. So it's, like, it's weird, but the narrative really is contingent on the deep run that he makes this year. Because if he makes, like, an Elite Eight, knock on wood, like, Final Four run, nobody's going to say, like, how could you leave us? Like, they should be doing what Texas Tech Man should be doing Chris Beard and just saying thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean they certainly weren't doing that. So, no, no, uh, no. but you know, I think for me, unless Cooley took like a the Georgetown job, for example, I know Goodman floated that out, and I think that's complete nonsense. That would I mean, be that. Weird. That would make people upset. And no matter, no matter up.
2: what, no matter what happens, if he did that, he would burn all. He would sever all ties with Providence and. Every, everybody associated with school. I think he's smarter than that.
1: Yeah, and I think I also read on Twitter, I don't know how true it is, but they approached him about it previously and he didn't want to do it because of, you know, the respect that he has for John Thompson uh, yeah. and the yeah. legacy that he's built there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because like, what do you, what does that mean? You'll do whatever it takes to get it, to get him there. Uh, for the long haul, I mean, like you said, we talked about salary. He's up there um, amongst the highest-paid coaches in the country. Uh, they have the new facility. Like, like, what do we need to do here? Does, does Robert Kraft need to get get us like a that air fryer town or something like a big fryer? Uh, maybe uh, for games. That that be that be something. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. I do think Cooley loves Providence and he wants to get it done here and wants to bring a national championship here, to be frank. Um, yeah. But I, I do think you got to be a little realistic and just acknowledge the fact that there are going to be opportunities that may seem like the grass is greater, uh higher pay, better access to recruits, all that sort of thing. So yeah. that's where I stand on that. But. Um, I agree. But yeah, um, so DePaul on Saturday, Friars looking to sweep their third opponent, I believe. Swept St. Yeah. John's, swept Georgetown. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Friars going for their third sweep. DePaul coming off a huge win against X over the week uh, this past week. Um. You know, once again, they're like I'll say with Georgetown, although I think DePaul is much better than Georgetown to be honest. Um, Dangerous team and a team that you can't really play around with. Uh, they – it beat Xavier at Xavier without Javon Freeman-Liberty, who's battling a hamstring uh, issue. That's impressive. You know they got talent with David Jones, uh, Macaulay Cavassier. Am I saying that right?
0: That's
2: the best, the boss, yeah. <laughs> Um
1: so, so they got talent. Uh, well, you know, we'll get a preview out later in the week, obviously – but just the way they're playing, the fact that this is at home on a Saturday, I said I said that the Georgetown game – or was it the Georgetown – what game was it where I said it would be like a celebration, like when we played DePaul after running – You, said it, was, you said it was going
2: to be the – didn't you say it was going to be the Marquette game?
1: Yes, I did. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I was way off there. Uh, but this time <laughs> – I feel like that's got to be the case, right? Like this team is playing too well. They're at home. Um, it's the only game of the week. Got time to rest, recover, get Reeves going a little more. Um, yeah. To me, I just think the fires are definitely going to win that game. But
2: hope so. You know, DePaul just gave Xavier a nice little, uh, nice little loss. So who knows? You never know.
1: <laughs> and speaking of that, I, I guess. One other thing I wanted to shout out would be um, with the loss. I think Xavier's going to be fine, by the way. But what has Xavier done the past two seasons? Like falling,
2: falling apart,
1: falling apart at the end, right? Yeah. So if this happens again, I, again, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. But if this happens again, I and they miss the tournament, you got to think. Steele might get axed because they have tr- tournament expectations every year there and it would be four seasons without any appearances for Travis Steele and I think it would set up one of the more amazing stories in college basketball history if Chris Mack returned <laughs> to Xavier and Rick Pitino returned to Louisville you hear, you heard it here first
2: <laughs> yeah I don't- Chris Mack is more plausible than I think uh, Patino, but who knows?
1: I tweeted that, and th- that was an answer I got from someone. But I did hear that Patino is happy with the fact that some of the people he hated on the board of trustees Louisville got rid of. So I you heard exactly
2: trust- that. You can't trust him as far as you can throw him. As much as I love him,
1: no, like I feel like. If Louisville can't, they would have to come groveling back. Like he would, he, I think he would expect them to be on their knees and be like, "Please, Rick, come back. We're sorry for whatever it is that we did to you. Uh, we forgive you for the strippers. Come on back." I think he might. Let's we'll see. And funny thing is, Iona. I don't know if you heard this. They lost Niagara over the weekend. Yeah, I so, saw that. That is kind of a big deal, voc because I mean not as big of a deal for us Friar fans now that we're not on the bubble, but you look at that Iona team. I think if they won out in the Mac and then lost in like the Mac semis or Mac final, or even first round exit, they'd probably be in consideration for an at-large now losing to a 10 and 11 Niagara team. I believe it was or something like that. That's not the win. they They need to win their tournament. Yeah. And they probably will, but, uh, Things did get tougher for Rick Pitino in the Iona Gales. Um, you got anything else?
2: No, nah, man. Just a relax relaxing week ahead. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, let's enjoy the bye week, everybody. Um, we'll, we'll see if we'll get another episode out uh, this week. Give you a more pre- – a bigger preview of the Paul game, I should say. Um, that's to be determined. I, I guess we'll kind of see what what shakes out this week Uh in the college hoops landscape but until next time firetown have a good one enjoy the bye week
2: see you
0: guys man up in my city i'm the room yeah david duke when i'm way up on the hoop crossover i might go to pretty sleeping on me well let's take them back to school pc you know we don't go hey cool like aj Reeves when i'm off that big road hey Fall down, bounce back like M.I.H.O., like ayy I'm the alpha dog, D.I.L.O., They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage, me a savage. And he seen me bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic at the This feel we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way up the hoop Take them back to school. Man up in my city on the